Thank you, Master. Would you turn this morning to the book of Luke and the uh, 12th chapter? Anybody ready to believe God with me this morning for this? You know uh, what kind of utterance we have is not just up to the preachers. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. You know, Paul said on more than one occasion, he talked about how that he would have gone into certain things. He said, but you, you weren't able to hear it, he said. So there's an ability to hear, and a lot of that has to do with the heart to hear, willingness. And, uh, you know, the Lord is merciful. So many times uh, things are not given to us because he knows we wouldn't do it. <laughs> we wouldn't receive it. We wouldn't do it. And then we'd just be accountable for it. Right? And so in his mercy, he gives us more time to grow, right? And uh, Phyllis and I, we remark about this uh, from time to time. In our life, looking back, we've seen there are times that we thought we were waiting on God. And we were wishing something would hurry up and happen. And then finally it did happen. And when it did, we thought, (laughs) we are just now barely ready to handle this. We didn't think so back then, but we have seen that just as soon, say just as soon, just as soon as we were able to handle it, boom, there it was, just as soon. And uh, folk think they're waiting on him, but again and again, it's a matter of us being ready. And so uh, how many will stir up your heart today and say, by faith, I'm getting ready. Father, we do all look to you this morning. Our eyes are on you, not on each other. And we're asking you to give us all ears to hear and eyes that see and hearts open and receptive. Let there come revelation, anointing that teaches and helps, a supply of the Spirit, a quickening and strengthening in our spirits, souls and minds and bodies, answers to questions direction for right now and Lord we purpose not to be hearers only or forgetful hearers but by your grace we are and will be doers and we know as we do we will be blessed because you are so faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives in Jesus name amen said out loud I'm a doer I'm a doer I'm a doer Of the Word of God. You understand these are the only people who get results. Not just churchgoers. Not just Bible thumpers. Not just tape players or note takers. It's only who? Only people who put it into practice. Who act on it. Who do it. In Luke 12. Has been our text for some weeks. We have been looking at and talking about. The kingdom of God. And did you remember we were excited about it? About the, yeah, the kingdom of God. Listen to this, Luke 12. Luke 12, verse 29, he said, Seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor be ye of doubtful mind. Don't you lose a minute's sleep. Don't you pace the floor for a minute thinking about tomorrow. Are we going to have enough to eat? It's amazing how so many people come together, Christians, and they think it's some way or another it's spiritual to get together before the service and the preacher talks about it during the service and they go eat after the service and they go, what's this world coming to? I just don't know. Man, I don't know. Have you seen the price of gasoline? What are we going to do this winter? What are we going to do if the plant closes? What are we going to do? Man, I just don't know what we're coming to. Blatantly ignoring the words of the master. Did you hear me? What did he say? Don't you think twice about the price of gas. Don't you think twice about the price of eggs. Or a loaf of bread. Or a suit of clothes. Did he say it or not? (laughs) 
we could just camp on that the rest of the morning. It'd be a help for a lot of folks, right? A lot of people, you know, I'm Christians now I'm talking about, they talk about this stuff in a negative way so much until if they quit, and when they quit, they're going to wonder what to talk about. Because most of their conversation, that's what it's about. What do you think about this? Man, I just don't know. Well, we better pray. Well, it'd do you a little good to pray when you're going to come behind it and undo it with an unbelieving mouth like that. How many know you can pray and ask for the sun, moon, and stars, but when you get up, your faith has got to be there. Right? About what you prayed. You gotta stay in faith, expecting what you ask to come to pass. Right? You must say, yeah, but it's just too high. Yeah, but it ain't a deal if you got plenty of money. Well, I don't make that much. We just got through talking about how to fix it. How to get out, right? How do you get out? You sow your seed. You believe God. Well, I ain't got quite enough. We're saying like you need to step up your sowing. And believe it, you can give yourself a raise. Well, it just ain't that simple and easy, preacher. Well, tell Jesus. Because he said it was. <laughs> he said, don't seek after that. Verse 30, all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you have need of these things. He already knows. He already knows. But rather, seek what? You seek. Seek ye means you seek the kingdom of God. And when you do? Oh, your gas money and your housing money and your clothes and the education of your kids and the whole thing, you will not have to eke out and rake and scrape and beg. It will be added to you. God will see to it. If what? If you go to church. That's not what he said. If you read your Bible once in a while and pray, uh, Lord bless this food and now lay me down to sleep and be a good little Christian. No. No. If what? You must seek what? Now see, religious tradition has skewed this and turned it into all kind of different things except what Jesus said. And if you haven't been with us, the one thing the Lord began to minister to me about, I had heard this before, but somebody for the hundredth time on TV was talking about, they said, Jesus preached love and acceptance. Jesus preached love and acceptance. Usually when you hear people saying that, they're trying to get you to accept their sin. Hmm? Jesus preached love and acceptance. Love and acceptance, that's what Jesus preached. And while they were saying that, the Lord spoke up in my heart. He said, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I thought, hmm. No, he didn't. And so I immediately, what do you do? I went back to the book and I began to look at every time it said what Jesus preached. And it didn't say he preached love and acceptance. He is love. Right? And because we believe we are accepted in the beloved because of our faith in him. So love is in the book and he is love and acceptance is there, but that's not what he preached. What did he preach? If you were here, we went over it. We saw it again and again and again and again. He preached the good news of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God and repentance. Repentance and the good news of the kingdom of God. So repent and believe the good news. How many know there's a vast difference between repentance and acceptance. You just have to accept me like I am. Said who? Well, the Lord loves me just the way I am. No. He loves you. In spite of the way you are. <laughs> he does not have to accept all your goofy ways or mine either. Right? <laughs> How many of you got 
to examine all these phrases that people throw around. I mean, we hear it so much until we think, well, yeah, it must be true. No, can you find it in here? Is it in here? If not, then don't you count on it and don't you repeat it. Right? And don't believe it. Certainly don't build your life on it. So we went into some detail. And we saw that Jesus was kingdom of God minded. Everywhere he went, he talked about the kingdom. He talked about the kingdom so much that his disciples thought the kingdom was going to immediately appear. And they came around him and talked. And you remember that the mother of two of the disciples tried to corner him and say, you know, could you give my sons the two top spots in your kingdom? He talked about the kingdom so much, they were very kingdom oriented and minded. And you see that same thing carry on through the book of Acts when Jesus was raised from the dead. As soon as he was raised from the dead and he met with them and talked with them, what did he talk to them about? The things pertaining to the kingdom of God. You know, the more I get into this, the more I see we have lost ground uh, as a church universally in being kingdom of God minded. But not us here, right? We're getting stirred up. We, we are kingdom of God oriented and minded. Now we went into some detail about how the kingdom of God is the everlasting kingdom. No, God's not going to take any kingdom that is existent here and he's going to turn it into his kingdom. Are you with me now? No, we went back and looked at the, studied the scriptures of Daniel and looked at the places. There's a stone cut out without hands. Hallelujah. And it is the kingdom of God that will fill the whole earth. Hallelujah. And his glory shall cover all the earth. But the kingdom of God has already begun. And the kingdom of God is in us. And we are in him. And we are being trained. And we are being developed. To rule and reign with him. And we saw in the parables teaching about the kingdom. How he told this one and that one. You are faithful over a few things. Now be ruler over much. You are to rule over ten cities. There are going to be real cities in the kingdom of God. Just as real as New York and Los Angeles. But much nicer. And who is going to be governor of them? Who is going to rule? You. Me, we're going to rule, we're going to reign in the things of God. But right now, it's what we should be focused on and concerned about, right? We should be interested in the building and in the advancement of the kingdom of God. We've been talking about how the kingdom of God operates, and we talked about last week the greatest in the kingdom, and we talked about childlikeness. And how we got to laugh more. Right? And we got to get some things changed. Can you become again as a little child concerning good things? And innocency. And purity. And lightness. Should we be having fun? (laughs) While I'm saying it, people are looking at me like this. There are numerous people who are not Christians and think they don't want to be Christians because they have relatives who are. And they think, well, if being a Christian is being like Aunt Minnie or Uncle Joe, then forget it. Because they're sad and they're draggy and they just have no fun. See, the devil has sold this to millions of people that if you get saved and you really commit completely to follow God, then your fun is over. You can't party, you can't have fun, everything that you enjoy and would like to do and have fun, you can't do. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. That's a big, big devil lie. God invented party. He did. What do you think he's getting ready for right now? You ain't ever seen a party. Like this party. But we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to begin to enjoy life. The Bible said he has given us richly all things to enjoy. To enjoy. To enjoy. 
The things the Lord tells us not to do, he didn't tell us not to do them because he wants to spoil our fun. It's because the wages of sin is death. It'll kill you. Doing drugs is not fun. I think it is. No, it's not. It's not. Being disoriented, acting a fool, losing all respect, hugging a commode. Dying young, how is that fun? Ruining your life, how is that fun? Lying and stealing and hurting other people. No, no. If it's really true, good, fun, God wants you to do it and glorify him. If he says don't do it, I don't care how fun you think it is and the devil tries to tell you it is. It's not. It's not. It might seem good for a few moments to the flesh. Oh, but there's bitterness and death on the end of it. And God's just looking out for you and I. Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud. God knows best. God knows best. He's looking out for my best. He's, out for my best. He's, good. He's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't even know how to enjoy Life until you get with him and let him teach you. Right? You can't enjoy a sunset. You can't enjoy a vacation. You can't enjoy a new car. You can't enjoy a new house. You can't enjoy your family or anybody or anything like you really should and could except in him. He shows you how to do it. How to get the most out of it. How to enjoy it, not abuse it, not hurt it. Now, we talked about that last week, but let's go on today to another area. Would you look with me in Matthew 7? Matthew 7. Notice what he said here. In Matthew 7 and verse 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall what? Enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now we know that there is the initial entry into the kingdom of God in being born again, but then there is entrance into different things of the kingdom by faith and by observing the principles he lines out. Now what did he say? Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, but who? But he that what? He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He that does what? Does the will of the Father. So it's not talkers. Who is it? It's doers. And it's not just people that say, oh, Jesus is Lord. He's my Lord. Oh, I love the Lord. He's my Lord. I mean, there's talking and then there's. There's doing, and the Lord said, if you love me, what will happen? You will keep my commandments, and if you don't keep my commandments, he said, you don't love me. So it comes down to doing. You can talk and talk, but then at some point, what's got to happen? Are you going to do it? Uh, let's see. 21st chapter. Of Matthew. Everybody take a deep breath. Let it out. You enjoying life? In God? You happy? You feel rushed? Pressed? Pushed? Anxious? Worried? Scared? No. The correct answer is no. Even if you don't feel that way, say it by faith. Say it out loud, I cast all my cares over on the Lord. All of them. So I'm carefree. No worries. Matthew 21, are you there? What are we talking about this morning? 
kingdom of God. Now we've, every time we've looked, we've learned important things about the kingdom. What are we seeing already? You must be to enter into the kingdom of God. And then we could also say to keep advancing and moving forward. You must not just be a talker. You must be what? You must be a doer. In Matthew 21 and in verse 28. 21, 28. Jesus said, what do you think? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said to him, son, go work today in my vineyard. Now, uh, who is this man representative of? Isn't this represent the Lord? And the two sons, who does that represent? Us. Right? So if the Lord comes to you and says, uh, calls your name and son or daughter, go do this for me today. Should there be any deliberation about this? Any hesitation? Huh? But is there? In reality, in life, do people miss God every day? And one of the big things is they don't realize it's the Lord. They're just thinking it's people or it's the church or the ministries or this and that. And they don't see him. But he said, one of his sons answered and said, I will not. I'm not going. Would anybody do that? Yes, huh? Yes. Talking about with the Lord, no? Would anybody do that? Yes. Look at the Lord and say, mm-mm. <laughs> the Lord said, you go do this now for me today. And you go, well, I have other plans. Would anybody do that? Yes, <laughs> it happens by the millions. Every day. They're not seeing it. They're not calling it that. But it's happening. You and I might not like to admit it, but there's been times in our life. I lost part of the crowd there. (laughs) You know, the Lord dealt with us. And let me tell you how a lot of people get around it. The Lord doesn't speak to us always in an audible voice or an open vision. or Most of the time, it's by the inward witness. Not even a voice, a knowing A sense. But if you walk close to God and you commune with him, this becomes very, very real to you. And he'll deal with you about something to stop doing something. You'll have a check. Or he'll prompt you to do something and you'll have a prompting, a witness to do something. But then you got your flesh. Huh? And your flesh is a different deal. Depending on how renewed your mind is or how much you're yielding to your flesh, your flesh cannot want to do it. So it comes up in your heart and you think, hmm, your flesh don't want to do it. So if you don't want to do it, you're looking for ways to get out. And the enemy is right there ready to help you. And so he brings to your thought, that's not God. We don't know what that is. But we don't think it's God. And, and if your flesh is looking for an out, you jump on that and you go, yeah. Yeah, we don't know what that is. But that's not God, no. Because if it's God, and we know it, and we admit it, what is there left to do? Do it. Most people that are Christians, they're not just going to stand up and go, it's God, and I know it's God, but I ain't doing it. (laughs) Not many people are going to do that. So what are they going to do? got to play games with their self. Is anybody with me on this this morning? Now you know it's true. Oh, we just don't know. I don't know what that is. Boy, as soon as you start agreeing with that, well, the enemy is right there to reinforce it. Yeah. No, we don't know what that is. Well, that, what does that mean? I can keep doing it. Something I shouldn't be doing. I can keep doing it. Because no, we don't know. Or I don't have to do it. Because no, no, it's not God. No. Only problem is, three days later, here comes something, and you need to hear from God. Right? Right. And you're checking your heart, and you got something, but this is the same thing that you said day before yesterday wasn't God. So who is it today? 
And you have confused yourself. This will give you light on the, hold your place right here and go to James. We're talking about being led by the Spirit now, aren't we? Is it important? Well, there's not many things much more important you could talk about. He said in James 1 and 22, James 1, 22, what does it say? But be ye, in other words, you be, what? Doers of the word and not hearers only. What's the next phrase? Deceiving your own selves. How do people get deceived? Who deceived them? And how did they deceive their own self? Well, Fred, if this is the only thing you got this morning, then you got this clear. This can change your whole life right here. You show me somebody who is confused, who is despondent and aggravated and frustrated and don't know what's God and don't know what to do and what do I do and is it God and is it not? I'll show you somebody that back before, yesterday or last week or last year, they knew something was God and they didn't do it. Did you hear me? And so, when you don't do, what happens? You deceive yourself. Well, what does deceive mean? You believe a lie. Right? See, when the Lord deals with you about something, and you know it's right, and you know it's true, but your flesh don't want to do it. And you, whether it comes through somebody else's mouth, or you see it in the Word, or you see it, whatever how you see it, but you know it's God, but you don't want it to be that way. And so you don't accept it. If you don't accept the truth, what else is there? there? If you don't accept the truth, there's nothing else to believe but lies. But the devil is right there ready. With plenty of lies for you to believe. Right? And what happens then? You are deceived. You said, yeah, 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 I like that better. I like the sound of that. In your heart, you know it ain't true, but you like it. Because if I believe that, then I can keep doing what I want to do. And I don't have to change. Hmm? That's why some people started coming to this church and quit, don't anymore. And not just this church, a lot of churches. Right? That's why Paul talked about in the last days there'd come times when people would want preachers, you know, because they have itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me that my sin is okay. Tell me I can just keep working on it for another 10 years and the Lord knows that I'm weak and he understands and it's okay because I have a problem and I'm working on it. (laughs) That means you're in sin and you haven't repented and there's no excuse, none. But see, folks don't like things that cut and dry. They don't like things that black and white, so they want alternatives. Give me another option. I don't like that. No. I've had people come to me and ask me questions. And I said, get your Bible right there. Turn to here. Had them read it. They read it. And it just answered their question. Just there it is. And they looked at me and said, well, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't change it. I can't rewrite this. You can't either, so what do we do now? Well, you deceive yourself. If you want to stay sharp, if you want to stay clear, if you want to stay close to God, if you want when God deals with you, you know it immediately. You know it's Him. You know it's right. You're not confused. You're not vacillating. What must you do? Every time He shows you something, you do it. When he shows you something tomorrow, you do it. He deals with you to change, you change. He deals with you to stop, you stop. He deals with you to begin, you begin. And if you do that day in and day out, you will keep your spirit clear. And the things of God will be very definite and distinct to you. And you'll not be confused. Why? Because you're not deceiving yourself. Because you are a doer. What is this clarity of spirit worth? 
I mean, one of the most tormenting things in life is confusion. Not knowing, is this God? Is it not? Is it me? Do I do it? Do I don't? I don't want to miss God. You're not supposed to be like that. I'm not supposed to be like that. He said, my sheep know my voice. Stranger's voice, they won't follow. He orders our steps. He directs our paths. We have an unction of the Holy One. And we know all things that we need to know. But if you want to keep it like that, what must happen? Every day. Every night. So you might be able to fool some people about what you know and don't know. But God knows what you know and don't know. Say it out loud. Doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. A real doer. Every day and every night doer of the Word of God. Go back to Matthew 21, please. Does this have anything to do with the kingdom? It's only the doers who enter into the kingdom of God and advance in the things of the kingdom of God. Now, let's look at Matthew 21, verse 28 again. He said, a certain man had two sons, and he came to the first, and he said, son... Go work today in my vineyard. He came to this son, and this son wasn't ready, was he? He wasn't thinking right. He had too much going on in his own life and personal stuff or whatever. I don't know what his reasons were. But he said, son, go work today, right now. Here it is. Go do it. Got something for you to do. Go do it in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. No, now I've got some stuff I've been planning now for six months. And it's coming today and i got everything lined up and I just can't do it. I'm sorry, but I can't. Maybe next time. I can't do it. No. But what happened? But afterward, he repented and did what? And went. Can you blow it and still get it right? (laughs) Can you run your mouth? And say and do stuff that you ought not say and do. And still get it right. And go on and do it. And still qualify. (laughs) Can you? Every one of us ought to be shouting about that. (laughs) Right? Yes. 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 Because of the mercy of God and the blood of the Lamb. Yes. 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 Every time I think about these kind of things, I think about Peter. (laughs) He said a lot of stuff. He did a lot of stuff. He stood out there and cursed and said, I don't know him. I don't know who you're talking about. Who is this? Jesus who? He blew it. Bad. Oh, but on the day of Pentecost, he's out there anointed like a house of fire. And he still went on and did what he was supposed to do. That goes on to say, though, he came to a second son and told him likewise. He said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And the son said, yes, sir. I will sure do it. Because you know I'm with you. Yes, Father. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will do it. Whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And what? And what? How many understand talking all day means nothing if you don't do it? Right? Well, if you've been in the ministry for very long, you see it. You got your talkers and you got your doers. Oh, man, you know, anything ever comes up now, y'all let me know. Anything, anything, anything. The longer they say it, the less I believe it. I'm serious because people who are doers, they're just ready. And they don't do a bunch of talk. They just say, "Uh, we're here. The other folks say, I'd sure like to get with you and sit down and talk about some things. I really, I, ooh, 
I'd like yeah. to. Talkers. Yeah. Talkers. Yeah. Oh, Brother Keith, we've been a believing and we've been a looking and I'd sure like to talk to you sometime. I don't want to talk. I want to do. There's too much empty talk around. Let's pray. I can pray at my house. You can pray at your house. How many understand most of you praying? That's where it ought to be. Yeah, we come together and pray. But let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. And when we get together, we're read up. We're fed up. We're prayed up. Now let's, let's do something. Let's do something. Let's sit around and talk and look at each other. Well, one of these days, one of these days, by golly, one of these days, one of these days, you'll be dead. <laughs> soon and very soon. <laughs> if the Lord comes beforehand, you'll be gone. Either way, won't be long. But right now, how many understand those that have gone already before us in the grandstands of heaven? They've had their time. They had their season on the front lines in the midst of the front edge line of the kingdom of God advancing. Their time has come and gone in that respect. We are here now. This is our hour. This is our moment. This is our time. Everything we can do for the kingdom of God has eternal consequences and reward. It's not time to just chat and while away the years talking about the sweet by and by it's time help me now it's time to do not just say Lord 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 and it's not time to say Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I'll do it. Anything, anything, anything. Yes. I was reading in, uh, reading Ezekiel and Jeremiah in different places, particularly one time they came to the man of God and they said, would you inquire of the Lord for us? And whatever he tells you, who will do it? Whatever he tells you. He waited on the Lord about 10 days. The word of the Lord came to him. He came to him, told him, they said, uh, not that. <laughs> no, we don't want. And they were so adamant, whatever he tells us, anything he tells us, we'll do it. And he told them. And then he told them, before he told them, he said, you ain't going to do it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, whatever he said, he said, no, I know you won't do it. Oh, anything the Lord says. He told them, they says, no, we're not doing that. So that's what this guy says. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? He went not. They were so prompt and they were so respectful and they did nothing. He said, which of them too did the will of his father? Which one? They said, well, the first one, the one who, what? Who went? He did. And Jesus said to them, verily I say to you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you believed him not, but the publicans and harlots believed him and you, when you had seen, repented not afterward that you might believe him. Are we talking about the kingdom of God still? And this is one reason why they hated him so much. Oh man, this is like slapping them in the face with a wet dish rag. A dirty one. Right? He said... uh, because, man, they despised the publicans and harlots. Don't you remember he talked about the one guy that came in the temple and said, Oh, Father, I thank thee that I'm not like other men. I'm not like this publican and sinners. And they thought publicans and harlots is the lowest of the low, and they're so high and holy. He said, They're getting in the kingdom of God ahead of you. <laughs> Why? Because you full of hot air. You talk and talk and talk and talk and holy this and thou father this and durst and art and thou'st and wouldest. 
Holy, 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 and you're all talking when? And here are these guys, streetwalkers and thieves and liars, but when they saw it, do you see what he's talking about? God had dealt with them and they said, no, I ain't going to church. No, I'm going to sell my body and make a lot of money, you know. I ain't going to church. No, I got a scheme and I'm going to make some money and I'm going to do this. But later on, they saw it. They saw it and when they did, they came and did the will of God. And here are these guys talk, 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 but never every time God called them to do something, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Give me a sinner who knows they're a sinner and not putting on any airs, just honest, but willing. Did you hear me? Any time over a hypocritical preacher or Christian or churchgoer who's full of talk and can quote you 40 scriptures and won't do one of them. Right? But a man or woman, I don't care how bad they've been or how low they've been, if they'll say, yeah, man, I'm a sorry rascal. Yeah. God loves you. Will you do this? Yeah. And change. And do it. How many doers do I have in here now? Tell me. Go back with me, if you would, to uh, Luke, the second chapter. Luke, the second chapter. You got talkers and you got doers. Which one are you? That wasn't everybody. (laughs) Well, it's not everybody, but, (laughs) but it's time to make that declaration. Right? Everybody said, everybody, everybody, everybody said out loud, I I am not just a talker. I'm not just a a hearer. Not just a hearer only. I am a doer. I'm a doer by the grace of God. I'm a doer. Hallelujah. We don't just preach about praying. We what? We pray. We don't just talk about giving. We we give. We don't just talk about working and doing. We we work. We do. I mean, it's easy to say it, but then it takes activity to get it done. Right? Luke 2, notice this. Man, this ministered to me. It's a strong, looking at it again last night. Luke 2, you know the story. Jesus and his parents were traveling, and they were going in to observe the Lord's statutes. And as they left, they went a whole day and didn't know Jesus wasn't there. Remember that? And uh, when they finally found him, do you remember what he said? Hmm? Verse 48. Luke 2.48. When they saw him, they were amazed. Where was he? He's in the temple. He's listening. He's asking questions. How old is he? He's 12. He's been there for hours and hours. And uh, his mother said, son, why have you dealt like this with us? Why did you do this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you and sorrowing. We've been so concerned. And verse 49, what did he say? How is it that you sought me? In other words, why didn't you know where to look? <laughs> Why? Wished you not, didn't you know, that I must be about my father's business. Said out loud, I must be about my father's business. He's 12 years old. Right? And this is already filling him. His thoughts, his passion, his desire to be what? About the Father. What is the Father's business? The kingdom of God. People getting in the kingdom. People growing up and developing in the kingdom. The kingdom advancing. It's our Father's kingdom. It's our Father's business. 
Right? How about us? What should we be about? Does our Father have business that is to be done in the earth every day? Hmm? Are we His ambassadors? Are we His representatives? Are there things He wants done? Are there things He wants done in the earth in Branson and Nixon and Reed Springs and Arkansas, wherever you're from, are the people he wants talked to, people he wants ministered to, or are there people's needs that he wants met, right? The churches he wants helped, and ministries he wants started, and outreaches he wants funded and manned. Hmm? Does he have business in the earth? He does. And who does the Father's business? Is that right? We must be about our Father's business. Is this right now? Do myriads of Christians spend most of their time in some other business? I didn't say everybody's got to be preachers. Everybody's got to be in the fivefold ministry. I didn't say you can't have a job or secular employment as we say. No, I didn't say that. But can everything take on kingdom significance when the very reason you get up and go to work is so you can be a witness in your job, in your community, and the very money you make, right? You put in the kingdom and sow and tithe and, right? Can everything take on kingdom significance when you think right, when it's your heart, when it's your focus? He said, I didn't you know. I must be about my father's business. Go to Romans, please. Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12 and verse 1. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy Acceptable to God, which is your what? Your reasonable service. Everybody say service. Your reasonable service. Another translation says, I beseech you by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living, holy sacrifice acceptable to God. It's your spiritual service of worship. We haven't equated worship and service like we should. When we hear worship, we think come to church and hold up your hands and say, I worship you. That's a part of worship. But the part that encompasses much more time is your life. You worship God by serving God. You worship God day in, day out, night in, night out by doing his business. Oh, come on now. Are y'all with me on this at all? Can you be plugged into God to the degree that he is so real to you and that you know what he's leading you to do and dealing with you to do? And when opportunities come up and you're called on for this and that, you know it's him and you're ready and you're occupied with the father's business and what you're doing affects the kingdom of God. Can you live this way? Can you give your life for this? It's just your reasonable, right? Service. We don't just live to live. It's not getting the house and getting the kids off to school and getting our retirement and, and then what? Then you're out of here, right? No, no, no. Why are we here? We're here. For the advancement of the kingdom of God, which means getting people saved, getting people filled with the Spirit, getting people healed, getting them growing up in God. Why? So that they advance the kingdom. This thing is like the mustard seed. It started out so small, but man, this thing is growing and branches going everywhere like the leaven that begin, but work through the whole thing. This is working through the whole earth. Hallelujah. He said in the English, he says, offer yourselves, offer yourselves as living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service 
and pleasing him, this is the true worship you should offer him. So I said, well, Brother Keith, I'm working three jobs. I hadn't got time to do anything for the Lord. That's not okay. I said, that's not okay. Because you're going to look up and your life is going to be over. And what did it matter? He says, well, I had to. Did you? Or is there another way? Can God bless you to the point to where you, and can you yourself eliminate unnecessary things? Till you get to the place where you have more and more resources. Do you remember? It's been, oh, it's been a year or better or so, maybe two years. One Sunday morning, we got into talking about developing stores. Anybody remember any of that? We talked about stores of money, stores of time, right? Stores of resources. Isn't that the same thing as being ready? Someone said, well, I volunteered and, you know, I want to do something for the Lord. And if we called, what do you have? The Lord calls on you to sow. What can you sow? Are y'all with me or not? You can only sow what's in your accounts. Right? Which is why we told you years ago, get you a God account. And every time you get paid and every time you get blessed, you take your tithes and your offerings and you put it in there. 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 And so then you're sitting somewhere and God deals with you to do something. You don't sit there and say, I wish I had some money. And I wish I'd have saved some money. And I wish I'd have put some. No, it's there. It's there. It's there. Now you're ready. You do it. And you believe God until he, you get free from this. And you get free from that. And you got time for this. And you got time for that. You got a store of time. And store of money. And you got cars, and you got clothes, and you got houses, and you got, so you can put people up, you can loan people, you can go get people, you can fund something. You can do kingdom business. You need to have a big sign around your neck, open, for kingdom business. And fully stocked, and supplied for kingdom business. Is that right? Glory to God. Now go with me. I think I'm closing. No guarantees. Two. Let's see. Back to Matthew. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 25. You know, you think about that. Do we even have enough time to do a service? (laughs) Why would I feel pushed about time? Why would you? Somebody said, well, you ought to. Well, I hear you. But when two-thirds of the crowd is ready to go, you might as well go. You see what I'm saying? Now, I don't like dragging things on unnecessarily. I don't think you should. But at the same time, what I had the Lord ask me one time. I was in a prayer meeting. And it was at night. And normally we'd be out by, I don't know, 9 o'clock or something. And this one went on, and it went on, and it went on. And I'm 10.30 or so, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of fidgety. And the Lord asked me, he said, what's your rush? I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me he said, what's your rush? I thought, I don't know. He said, what are you rushing away from? And what are you rushing to? I was rushing away from the word, away from the spirit, away from prayer, to the news and a sandwich. (laughs) Now that's carnal. (laughs) That is not kingdom minded. That's Keith's belly minded. Now, you may think that sounds funny, but that's Scripture. Isn't it? You got your place in Matthew? Good. Hold that and go to Philippians. Well, no, for time's sake, don't do it. Just listen. Just stay in Matthew and I'll read it to you. He talked about serving your belly. 
in Philippians. But listen to Romans' account of this. That way we won't look at three. I'll just say them to you. You're in Matthew. Romans 16, he talked about individuals. He said, they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't serve him, but their own belly. Romans 16, 18. Are there a lot of folks in the world who don't serve the Lord? They serve their own belly. Hmm? Well, that's carnal. Isn't it? You're more interested in your belly than the kingdom? I don't want to be that way. Right? I refuse to be that way. I'm kingdom minded. I'm on kingdom business. Every day when I wake up. What's the business of the king? Right? Lord, here I am. What you want me to do? What you need me? I know there's a lot of business needs to be done in the kingdom. What can I do? What can I do? And you can take care of your belly later. Anytime. Well, look at Matthew 25. We have read this, and I think people have emphasized some things that's not in the text over what is in the text. It's the story of what we call the uh, ten virgins. 25.1 of Matthew. Then shall the what? Kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like to ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now we've been talking about that on Friday nights. If you hadn't been here, you need to get those. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now most of the time you hear people take this and they begin immediately talking about the Holy Spirit. All's a type of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. I've heard people really get off on some tangents about, well, the folk that had oil in their lamps, they had the Holy Ghost and they're going. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, and even some people try to say, well, if you don't speak in tongues, well, then you ain't ready. That's not in here. I know all the type of the Spirit, but I like to stay with the emphasis that's in the text. Did you hear me now? Y'all looking at me funny. I know, I know you've heard all kind of teaching, but where do you see about the Holy Spirit in here, in the text? I didn't say it didn't have anything to do with the Holy Spirit, but should we stay with the emphasis of the text? What is the emphasis of the text? Keep reading. While they all slumbered, the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, said, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go out to meet him. And all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy, and get for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And what? They that were ready. This is the emphasis of this teaching. Right here. Don't get sidetracked on a lot of other things and emphasize other things more than what he said. This is it right here. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. And the emphasis, he went on to say, verse 13, after he told the whole story, what did he say? Watch. Watch. Watch and hook it back up with the previous verse. Watch and and be ready. Now, get this. This will make you shout when you see this now. How were they ready? Stores. (laughs) Stores. They brought extra. Why did they bring extra? Because of their commitment. Before they ever went there, they thought, man, there is nothing more important than the bridegroom coming. We're going to be there. We don't care how long it takes. Let's be ready. No longer how long we have to stay. So they developed stores. These stores came from something else. They didn't spend their money on something else. Right? They resourced They laid hold, they carried it, they had to tote it with them. Why? 
Because they are committed. They're committed. They're there as long as it takes. And they're ready. They got their money. They got their stuff. And who got used? Who got called in? Those who were ready. 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 We've been in. And we're still, this church I'm talking about right here, in the season of getting ready. A lot of folk prior to this a few years ago wasn't even thinking much about God. Some people were, but some weren't. And some weren't thinking about using their faith to get resources. But God has been blessing you. He's been bringing you up. And so what are you doing? You should be developing stores of time. Believing God to where your time is free. Come on now to where you have time and you can do things and you got money. All your stuff is paid for. It's low maintenance and no maintenance. Our other maintenance paid for. Right? And you're loosed from this and you're loosed from that and you're loosed from the other. And you are healthy in your body and you are strong and you're read up and you're prayed up and you're filled up. Ready, ready, ready. Ready to go. Let me tell you. You get like that. Don't you think you're going to sit at home. You know twiddling your thumbs. Can you see that it is faith. Faith gets ready. Faith prepares. And those who get ready. And those who are prepared. Those are the ones who will be called upon. Those are the ones who will be used. Those are the ones who will advance the kingdom of God. And those are the ones who will get eternal reward. And those are the ones who will have the stronger positions in the eternal kingdom of God to come. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet please. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, thank you. Just lift your hands. Begin to praise the Master. Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, lift your voice. Praise God. Glorify the Most High. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. I'll do that. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to release our faith. And God's going to do some things for us. I have seen this happen again and again. But the reason I'm I'm stopping a moment to explain is because when it happens, and it will, do not draw back. Because God will have no pleasure in it. I know a couple came to me one time. They said, Brother Keith, oh, Brother Keith, the Lord's been dealing with us so strong. we got a call on our life. We want to go to Ramah. But I don't know how I can. got all this debt and i got all these obligations. And, man, if I could just get set free and I could get loosed where I could, I know I could go on and do the will of God. I said, that's a small thing for God, small thing. I grabbed hands with them. We prayed. We believed God. They sowed their seed. It wasn't eight months time. They're out of debt. They got buyers for their property and stuff. They got money to move. They're ready. They got their tuition money. They, God has done what they asked him to do. And they started backpedaling. They said, well, you know, mom and them's getting older and they need this and we got this around the place and and I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't. And they backed out. They went down. Kids got sick. They got divorced. Just kept going down. Why am I saying that? When God calls for you, 
And he provides for you. Right? What do you say? And you don't just say, yes, Lord. What, what, what do you do? You do it. You do it. Now, it might mean staying right where you are. Or it might mean going. But don't draw back. Close your eyes. Say it out loud. Father God. I believe in your kingdom. I am interested in your kingdom. And I offer up my life. My body. My soul. Everything I have. Everything I'll get. To you. As a living sacrifice. Which is just my reasonable service. Unto you. I am yours. Use me. As it pleases you. In your kingdom business. I ask you. By your power. By your ability. Loosen me. From things that waste my time. And are not the best use. Of my days and nights. Loosen me. From debts. And financial. And other. Obligations. That hinder me. From serving you best. And fully. I know you can. I know you will. I believe I receive. And I purpose. As you do. I will not draw back. But I will use this extra time. To serve you. This extra money. To serve you. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.